So first of all, in this Jenny's Takeaways sections, I want to say a big thank you to Karis for her time and the kind words of encouragement about the podcast and, and everything that I'm doing. I am really enjoying making connections with people and talking about working with young people. It's, it, it's giving me a real buzz, um, which is fantastic. In this conversation, there's obvious frustration for Karis and her team about the restrictions that have come from government, recognising as they do that while COVID is still a risk, of course, and of course a significant one, there are other risks, including the mental health of the young people who are kept in isolation um, and unable to um, really support them face to face. And this is something that, you know, all of us as youth workers really have to kind of consider um, the possibilities of and it's yeah it's clear that for Karis and her team it's it's frustrating to have these restrictions still tight um, saying that I really like how they've tried to recreate youth work spaces so that it's not all about having everyone on the same zoom call listening to one youth worker or maybe two talking or going along with one activity um, all together on that call but actually having different activities running alongside each other um, and encouraging the interaction between the young people. Um, all of this comes from their value base of collaboration with young people which has shaped so much of what they do including the consistency um, which has such a profound impact Reco re the recognition of um, this kind of being there when you say you're going to be there keeping in contact keeping activities going around the restrictions like the art weekend away which wasn't actually away but but an art weekend away at home and then also ensuring that young people are at the forefront of decision making um, such as researching and choosing a new adventure holiday company to work with in the future it's also really clear that hot chocolate have a really robust approach to the well-being of their team which is amazing the well-being of youth workers is something I've been considering in recent months and I'm really keen to hear about what different groups are doing. This is a theme we'll be exploring a bit more in next week's episode as well and by which time I should also have some news to share with you about something I'm doing to assist youth worker well-being over and above what, what I already offer. So I'll just remind you for now that my book is available in Kindle and print format from my website and also that I offer mentoring to youth workers, whatever context you're in. If this is something you're interested in, and I do have a couple of spaces coming up, do get in touch. I'll put contact details in the show notes, but the main way to contact me is by email on hello at jennyosborne.org. And finally, I use the anchor.fm app to record and publish the Jenny Talks podcast. It's so easy to do, and I really recommend it highly if you're interested in getting into podcasting. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Okay, well, let's just jump straight in then with, um, just tell me a little bit about what Hot Chocolate are doing currently. Um, we So we had a conversation um, at the beginning of the year, didn't we, about um, your kind of lockdown experiences and some of those went into the, the book that I wrote. So um obviously things have moved on and we've perhaps come out of lockdown certainly here in England where I'm based you know the lockdown restrictions are really beginning to ease quite a bit um but obviously Scotland is different so just just tell us Karis what hot chocolate are kind of able to do at the moment 
The bulk of our work remains, um, well, a mix really of online and detached um, and meeting individual or small groups of young people outdoors, largely. Um, the Scottish regulations are pretty tight um, and are stricter than they have been previously. So it's been a bit of a shock to the system, actually, yeah, when yeah. we were thinking of going into the summer, going into a kind of big summer programme, which is always a highlight of the year. Um, and then discovering that what we're able to do is less than what we were able to do when the rates were really high in December. Wow, um, okay. So it's probably the first time that I have seen our team so angry um, with, with any of the kind of top-down decisions through this whole time. You know, we've been working really, really hard to adapt and flex on an ongoing way um, to do as safe practice as we possibly can. But you know, a lot of the young people that we work with are, are really desperately struggling with their mental health. And um, it's not just the COVID risk, you know, there's so many other risks that our young people face. And yeah, um, the backbone of our work has always been drop-in work um, and done in a very collaborative way. So, you know, thinking about the origin story of hot chocolate when there were young people hanging on the grass just outside the, the steeple church in the centre of Dundee and the team went out with cups of hot chocolate on a cold November day with no agenda other than who are you guys and what are your stories um, and allowing something beautiful to emerge from that and the questions being what are your stories, how can we work together, if you had some space in the building what would you want to do with it um, and how can we support you. So since day one, it's been a highly collaborative, creative um, community building approach rather than a, a kind of service approach. Yeah. So all the way through the, the kind of key questions for us as a team have been what are our founding underpinning principles and values and how can we translate that into whatever the government oh. are saying that we're, we're allowed to do. So there was a, a period of time when we would take tables and chairs and gazebos and fairy lights and bean bags and even pool tables and stuff outside with sanitizer. Oh, do you know? Uh, do, sorry to interrupt your flow there, but one thing I am dying to know because you talked about it quite a bit was um, in the um, in the summer last year you were thinking about getting a pool table outside um, because that's what the young people were, were really requesting. And I'm, so I really want to know whether or not you did it. That sounds like you did manage to do it. Yeah, we did. We did. We, we bought a pool table that is a mobile one. Obviously, ah, pool tables normally okay. we an absolute ton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a kind of, you know, so it's not the highest spec, but it's decent enough quality. And the young people were just desperate for their games. Yeah, of, pool. of course. Um, and, you know, we put the questions to them saying, well, how can we do this in a COVID safe way? And they came up with a range of ideas. And then, you know, that was that was what was done. Hmm. Um. So yeah, there was quite a long period and even into the summer, into the winter rather, when it's pure Baltic up here and we got <laughs> lots of blankets and we had just bought um, kind of patio heaters and we had hand warmers and hot water bottles and giving out cups of hot chocolate and stuff again and just trying to create as, as much coziness as you can when you're outside mm. in December in Scotland. <laughs> um, and similarly for kind of small group stuff outside, we would find parks or skate parks or shelters or whatever and, and do that. Um, the online stuff, and that's where, where lots of our work remains. We've equally tried to think about what are the, the principles and, and kind of values. And the, the biggest challenge, one of the, the many challenges mm -hmm. rather during COVID 
has been around how do we create space where the young people can interact with themselves rather than it just being young people to team and, and mm. those kind of interactions. So um, when we do online drop-in open sessions now, um, the team pay a lot of attention to creating different spaces. So they will have different platforms on the go at the same time. They will have different Zoom rooms that will have different focuses. So just as inside our building, we might have a sports hall and an art room and a music room and a kitchen on the go. They will try and reproduce that to a degree online. So maybe there's okay. a cook along, maybe there's yeah. a, a Zoom room where there's an art focus. Maybe there's just a general kind of hanging out chat yeah. um, and the young people, you know, what do you want to do tonight and, and keep that collaborative thing live um the detached stuff uh, we restarted in february i think maybe march um i forget the time scales time has lost all meaning hasn't it <laughs> actually detached was another thing that the government in scotland had said that we could not do in um in this lockdown which was very mm, different from last time is. And then they did ease that off a little bit and they said, well, you can do detached if it's around kind of encouraging them to comply with social distancing and COVID measures. And our approach to that was, well, that, actually, that's not detached. That's <laughs> that's not yeah. starting without any agenda or with, with the young people's agenda. Um, so we, we yeah restarted detached whenever it was. And that has been going pretty well. And we're definitely connecting with new groups of young people now who are recognizing, oh, you're those youth workers, aren't you? Um, as well as many of our, our kind of ex existing um, young folks too. So yeah, they're the main things. I think the, the team have been remarkable in keeping the energy and the creativity going. Um, obviously it's always seeing the young people and connecting and chatting with them. Yeah. That, that is that kind of gives life and, and makes a difference but there's also been quite a lot of positive from the online stuff um, and I think um, you hear people being really down on, on youth work uh, or online youth work and um, but we've we've had young people saying that they prefer it um, wow. sometimes they some have said that they prefer the one-to-one -one sessions online because it feels safer for them because they know that there's not anyone around or um, it feels more private um, we've done collaborative bits of work with Dundee University, for example, recently teaching some of the students around youth work theory and practice. And normally we would do that in our building with young people live. Yeah. Um, that clearly wasn't able to happen. But this time, because we've done it all online and we've done a lot of pre-recorded stuff, actually, we like loads more young people have been able to be involved in that in meaningful okay. ways um, because the online stuff gives greater flexibility um, so yeah I mean we're not down on it at all um, it's just uh, we're probably at a point where it feels somewhat monotonous uh, mm. so yeah yeah see. I guess that that's I, I certainly get get that feeling from a lot of youth workers who um, you know have kind of either ditched the online where they can um, or just the idea of keeping on going with groups um, online um, in the way that that they have been is is, is a real challenge. Um, so you've talked a little bit about um, the challenges there of that of, of this last year, and just you know that idea about kind of uh, the team the team being incredibly creative in coming up with um, ways in which to keep contact with young people to build contact. To, and I wondered then 
what you might pick out as some of the real successes of the of this last year if there are just one or two particular highlights um of something that's gone really well um yeah i mean i've recently had some of those conversations with with young folks so i mean one young person springs to mind who has had a terrible run of of poor mental health and her to paraphrase her um, but not paraphrasing much this was this was really what she said was if it wasn't for hot chocolate and the support they have given to to fight for a diagnosis and to advocate within the system she said i think i would be dead and i'm not even wow. being funny um you know so she she also spoke very strongly and clearly about um the consistency so even if it's a simple thing of putting a table and chairs outside her front door the young people know exactly when and where we would be there. We'd be the rain or, or storm or shine. Um, so there's something so simple but so deep and profound about just being there when you say you're going to be yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, That's the, the, the kind of deep stuff of relationships. Mm. Um, but there's also been little memorable moments. You know, we've, we've tried to inject those magical bits and the, the kind of fun bits because they mm. really stand out at the yeah. moment against yeah. the fairly grey background so there was a time when a big wheel set up in this in the center of dundee you know with the kind of capsules or whatever and we we said right let's have a one-to-one -one. well let's do it down there and let's yeah. take the polaroid and get some photos and you know suddenly that that becomes a wee memory um or working with different art specialists and we had we've not been able to do residentials so we've we've done non-residential residentials where <laughs> we've, we've had a weekend away together in Dundee and, and I have just met you know the, the kind of Friday night Saturday Sunday and brought in a photography specialist and set lots of challenges and got mm. creative and um or when we were allowed to do trips because the outdoor centres a lot of them have gone bust now um really yeah. sadly and catastrophically and the one that we have used for the past 20 years is one of them wow. so we then uh, took groups of young people over three weekends to go and visit different ones um, mm -hmm. and said right let's do this as a research piece and mm -hmm. um, you need to go and scrutinize them ask as many questions as you want and you can and out of this you, you have to come up with kind of pros and cons lists and then come up with our new center yeah um, so they really enjoyed that and they, they spoke about you know that's it just feels very different from a school trip where you go and you kind of consume whereas they yeah. were going to um make real decisions that are going to impact them and the future generations of the young people so mm. stuff like that has felt really meaningful and, and mm. has felt really good um and we're about to in response to some of the mental health uh, kind of feedback that the young folks have been talking about many 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 of them you know have been supporting their friends and their family and their peers around their mental health so we're going to do uh, an accredited training in June um, with someone coming in to, to equip them better to, to do that. Um, yeah, so. yeah. That's, uh, it's brilliant to kind of hear that, yeah, equipping of young people is really good. And I think so um, that idea of kind of helping young people or not, not helping them, but using their talent and their skill to um, have a look at different things giving them real decision making power I think is really important and really um it, it's a very different approach I guess to a lot of a lot of youth work that that can happen as a service as you as you say you know 
your approach is much more about collaboration with the young person than it is about doing to the young person or putting on for the young person. Sure. And I think it's a really interesting approach um, to take. Um, so thinking about, um, you know, sort of mental health, perhaps in particular, and, and um, there's been a lot of conversation in our um, in our world, I guess, of youth work around mental health and young people in particular. Um, but I'm starting to kind of wonder whether or not we need to be having a similar conversation about those working with young people. So I wonder whether there's anything that you can really say about kind of um, either self-care or well-being in the sense of looking at youth worker team. And I would I would very much agree that um, in order to support mental health and well-being well in others, you've got to attend to yourself. Yeah. And we've been on quite a journey as an organisation over the past five, six years around trauma-informed practice anyway. Okay. We've had a lot of training and input and um, we've developed our set of trauma-informed mantras that, that you know, we would pay attention to mm. in particular. Um, so and part of that is is around self-care and reflective mm. practice and uh, looking after one another and when when the the crisis the covid crisis hit we very immediately actually reached out to our psychologist partner so okay. she is um, a consultant forensic clinical psychologist that we know really well is really yeah. trusted by the team um, is based in a different city but it didn't matter because it was all zoom based anyway yeah. obviously yeah um, so we were saying right psychologically what do we need to be paying attention to how does that manifest in our team rhythms and routines and, and care um, and her immediate response was it needs to be you need to have clarity you need to have um, predictability not just mm -hmm. for the young people but also for for your team so we probably put more structure in our week um, than we have ever had in hot chocolate before. You know, it's wow. always been quite ad hoc and kind of responsive to where the energy and stuff is. And it still is to a degree, but we now have a, a much clearer timetable of this thing's happening then, that thing's happening then. Because mm -hmm. it, it just, you know, yeah. not just for managing the practical stuff, um, also that that is helpful psychologically. Yeah. Part of that was then establishing a pattern of daily check-ins as a team. Um, so half an hour, um, we expect everyone to be there, but there's no heavy pressure around that. If you've got other priorities or if you've got a clashing appointment, that's fine. You, you know, we trust our team to be able to manage themselves. And that will be a mix. It's, it's led by different people every time. Um, so there, there might be some kind of reflective piece. There'll be a bit of business. There'll be a bit of sharing the news of the youth work from the, the past day or two. Um, sometimes we just scrap the agenda and do something creative together or something fun together. Um, yeah, it kind of depends on wh where we're at and what, what the needs are. We set up a pattern of external group supervision with that psychologist partner. Okay. So on a, it's in the early days, um, kind of on a fortnightly basis, she would facilitate um, conversation with us all to think about how we were doing, but also to be able to bring some of the scenarios of, of the young people mm. that, that we were facing and a bit stuck with. Mm. And she would help us think it through from different angles. And the team just thought that that was brilliant and um, yeah. such a relief and release to be able to have someone external who's so yeah. knowledgeable and experienced to carry some of that with us. Um, we've done practical things as well, so we've got a working from home allowance so that people don't, you know, don't have to be out of pocket for heating and electricity and internet and um, 
And we've always been really strong on our support and supervision practices anyway. Um, so on a monthly basis, you will meet with your line manager and talk through, you know, your work and your challenges and your mm. um, joys and achievements. So um, there's there's a whole range of things that I guess have woven together. Um, mm. And fundamentally, we just keep coming back to asking the team how are you what is going on we we absolutely cannot fix this but are there things that could help um mm -hmm. what are the things that we have tried in the past that that you find helpful do you want do we want to do more of that um or have we been doing this thing for such a long time it's now run its course and do we need to rethink you know it's mm -hmm. it's that yeah, ongoing yeah. creation mm -hmm. across the team mm -hmm. um so generally speaking i think that the team have been very positive about how we have responded we've, we've kept coming back to well why are we here what are we in this for how do we do this best as best we can for the for the young people mm. um and yeah they, they're pretty positive from what i've heard in terms of feeling supported yeah well that all sounds um like it's a good you know you've got you've covered covered a lot of bases there in terms of the well-being of the team um and i'd imagine Perhaps um, there aren't many organisations who would have a, a psychology partner um, in in that kind of way. But that sounds like a really interesting way of um, having some really good expertise really to hand. You know, if you've got that partnership already built, mm -hmm. um, then, you know, and, and, and I guess that level of expertise then within that partnership does give you a, a layer of confidence in terms of the team being able to talk to somebody who really properly understands um, and has that experience to be able to kind of pick things apart a little bit or, and offer that extra um, listening ear, which is really important. Um, yeah, it sounds great. It's brilliant. Okay, um, tell us a little bit about where people, if people are listening to this and thinking, um, I'd like to know a little bit more about hot chocolate, where would they find you guys in particular? A, we have a new website, which is quite Ooh. exciting, which is www.hotchocolate.org.uk. Um, and that will give you a bit of background info and a few little snippets of videos and stories and things. You can also, um, if you zoom in on Google Maps to the city centre of Dundee and find the Steeple Church and zoom a little further, you will find Hot Chocolate Trust and you can get a Google Street View walk around of our building. Brilliant. Um, that's quite a fun thing. It's a yes. bit bonkers because we're based in a huge kind of cathedral looking church, but inside it looks like a teenager's bedroom. So. <laughs> No, no words can fully do justice <laughs> to how bizarre and surreal the, the space I, is. I'm going to go and have a little look at that because that sounds like it's something that could be quite, <laughs> quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And okay. We also love we also love having visitors. So as and when travel mm. restrictions ease and stuff, then if anyone wants to come and have a nosy, then can yes. get in touch. Brilliant. Your website. Brilliant. We'll definitely, we'll definitely be doing that. That's fantastic. Karis, thank you ever so much for your uh, time today. It's been really great to chat um, to you about all of this stuff. No brilliant. Problem. And thank you, Jenny, for pulling all, all, all of it together and the book and the stories. And there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah, um, there is. And I do it because I really enjoy it. And actually, I do it because... 
I love talking to people about youth work stuff and I really enjoy making connections with people um, who are really passionate about the same things that I'm really passionate yeah. about and yeah. so you know that it really gives me a buzz um, yeah. to do that so it's great um, yeah it's brilliant so first of all in this Jenny's takeaways sections I want to say a big thank you to Karis for her time and the kind words of encouragement about the podcast and, and everything that I'm doing. I am really enjoying making connections with people and talking about working with young people. It's it, it's giving me a real buzz, um, which is fantastic. In this conversation, there's obvious frustration for Karis and her team about the restrictions that have come from government, recognising as they do that while COVID is still a risk of course and of course a significant one there are other risks including the mental health of the young people who are kept in isolation um, and unable to um, really support them face to face and this is something that you know all of us as youth workers really have to kind of consider um, the possibilities of and it's yeah it's clear that for Caris and her team it's it's frustrating to have these restrictions still tight um, saying that I really like how they've tried to recreate youth work spaces so that it's not all about having everyone on the same zoom call listening to one youth worker or maybe two talking or going along with one activity um, all together on that call but actually having different activities running alongside each other um, and encouraging the interaction between the young people um, all of this comes from their value base of collaboration with young people, which has shaped so much of what they do, including the consistency, um, which has such a profound impact, Reco the recognition of um, this kind of being there when you say you're going to be there, keeping in contact, keeping activities going around the restrictions, like the art weekend away, which wasn't actually away, but, but an art weekend away at home. And then also ensuring that young people are at the forefront of decision making, um, such as researching and choosing a new adventure holiday company to work with in the future. It's also really clear that Hot Chocolate have a really robust approach to the well-being of their team, which is amazing. The well-being of youth workers is something I've been considering in recent months, and I'm really keen to hear about what different groups are doing. This is a theme we'll be exploring a bit more in next week's episode as well, and by which time, I should also have some news to share with you about something I'm doing to assist youth worker wellbeing over and above what, what I already offer. So I'll just remind you for now that my book is available in Kindle and print format from my website and also that I offer mentoring to youth workers, whatever context you're in. If this is something you're interested in and I do have a couple of spaces coming up, do get in touch. I'll put contact details in the show notes, but the main way to contact me is by email on hello at jennyosborne.org. And finally, I use the anchor.fm app to record and publish the Jenny Talks podcast. It's so easy to do, and I'd really recommend it highly if you're interested in getting into podcasting. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. <laughs>